The Sharks lose in Canada for the first time this season. And the West Side Story Series still goes to San Jose, but they take a tough one tonight. We'll break that down and more right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is November 11th, 2021. We salute all the veterans and remember those who fought for our freedom. We welcome you to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live and interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every single game. So if you want to be part of the show, teal together and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, after the game, and after on, after after dark, we should say, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Good evening, everyone. Alongside Al Martinet, I am Eric Kerr. Al, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. It's uh, one of those nights where, I'll, I'll be honest here, I thought for sure this is the game that we would have seen the first game with everything under COVID protocol and with the guys out a little out of it, a little sloppy, you know, you're saying about a little bit gassed, Yeah, a little gassed. I mean, remember that night that that first game against Winnipeg on October 30th, the Barracuda had already had played the game night before. Uh, This time they just seemed like they're a little tired, a little out of it. Their speed wasn't up to snuff tonight. And I believe Timo did play in the against Winnipeg, wasn't it? Yeah, he, yeah, he had the uh, game-winning goal uh, in that one in overtime. So, um, again, seven sharks missing: uh, Eric Carlson, Velasic, Timo, LeBanc, um, and Coach Bob Budner is currently not with the team, but on Saturday will be against Colorado if everything goes well. Right. Uh, back on the bench. Um, but still, that's you're missing almost an entire line, half of a D line, and you're missing when well, you're missing an entire line, essentially, your entire D line. So um, there's, I thought for the last, what, seven games, um, getting three, two, three wins, two losses, and one overtime loss. Is still pretty good for the stretch. It's not going to kill you right now in the in the standings. Um, it still keeps you pretty competitive in the Pacific, right. uh, which is you know far more competitive than what people thought it was going to be going into this season. Um, so honestly, I didn't think they played that bad, but I'm sure we're going to get get into it. Yeah, I mean, three, two, and one uh, contact for all those older. Folks, but three, two, and one is not a, not a bad run uh, with these guys. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, and you're playing with without four defensemen, with a handful of forwards. I mean, it's just you know, uh, and and we're kind of seeing it. Nick Benino even saying it just now, not to get to the to the locker room quotes early, but eleven guys under fifty games in the lineup tonight, and you wouldn't know it. This the organizational depth is good. Uh, let's why don't we get to that before we recap the game here because now 
that a lot of these guys are probably going to go Barracuda. go away and go back to the Barracuda. I mean, some could be headed to Colorado. Some could be headed to Abbotsford, so that way they don't have to cross the border. But let's be honest here. I think they've definitely grown in confidence, in playing. I mean, all around, Al, I mean, you, you give them big ups, they get the experience that you normally wouldn't expect. Even in a preseason game, you get into a regular season game where it's much more different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, like for three games, they didn't have... I mean, for three games, they had William Eklund, and uh, around that mark, uh, when they had to send him back to, to Sweden, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, that's another four they didn't have in their in their pocket to use. Right. And they still got, you know, two wins out of the out of the stretch. Um, three. Well, they got the one against Winnipeg, and then two. No, I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, the depth right now is much better. Uh, it's definitely showing its case in Barracuda. Uh, I just, the main question, even like we talked about this on Tuesday, is what do you do with Simic? What do you do with Ryan Merkley? Like, what do you do with that <laughs> conundrum? Because, um, like, I'm in favor of giving Simic a five game span of like, what what he does coming back but like i've liked ryan merkley i've liked middleton i've liked you know i've liked that pairing because when middleton was good like he was with eric carlson and eric carlson was pretty good before the 30th yeah i mean he looked fantastic um you know we we saw the little struggles that shimmick and vlasic had uh and you look at the other you look at what they've done. I mean, look, we were we were praising, you know, Jacob Middleton as to what, you know, you know, for being great with Carlson and kind of having that dependable defensive defenseman with Carlson who can do the more offensive work, which we've seen. So, um, you know, it, I, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward here. Uh, and seeing where what they do, who's ready to go. I mean, like we said, Timo had that game-winning goal on October 30th, and then he went into COVID protocol. So who knows if he's going to be ready to go or not? But uh, you know, the other yeah. thing too is is how much the the defense has been you know getting used here. I mean, I I want to say that uh, freaking. Ferraro played over 25 minutes tonight. Uh, you know, Burns has been going for almost, it almost seems like he's playing half the game. Yeah. So, I mean, way Burns, to get, way to get that, that, that $30 million out. <laughs> yeah. So, Burns and Ferraro played almost identical. Million, $8 million a so, year. Sorry. 26 minutes for Burns, 26 minutes for Ferraro. Um, the rest of the D line, um, like, Honestly, 18 minutes, 15 minutes, 16 minutes. We're talking just them double shifting Burns and Ferraro. And right. <clears throat> and I didn't know how to read Ferraro. I know people say he was up and coming, but I just didn't know how to read him. And I think during this case, you can definitely depend on him a lot more. Um, again, like I can't see you, you know, having Brent Burns play 29 minutes a night. Um, even with Eric Carlson 
before he went out, he was playing 22, 20-ish minutes. Um, I I want them to balance out the lines a little bit just just to give him a break. Yeah. I mean, granted, let's be honest, Burnsley is probably going to play at 20-something minutes a night, you know, all the way through. Um, I I can't see him, you know, doing a half an hour, but, you know, and like game, Burns has right? played consistently good for the last seven to eight games. Like he's yeah. on a six game point streak. Um, he hasn't let his game slip, uh, which he did a lot last year. Yeah. And, and you know, even tonight with with Reimer with 30 saves on a night, I, I, I didn't think it was all horrible. And the first time goal, Benino just didn't grab the guy. Or get get the stick possession. It was and it was just a loose rebound. I'll give I'll give Reimer that. Uh, you know, it's just a juicy rebound that went right to Connor and and Benio couldn't react to it right away to make it a tie game. But first, you know, Andrew Cogliano gets his second goal of the season from Burns uh, after Winnipeg looked like they were going to dominate this game early on. I mean, Winnipeg looked rested and ready to go. The Sharks looked a little tired, to be honest. I mean, it's a continuation of the last five minutes of the Calgary Flames game uh, where the Sharks were just playing to hold that lead. And luckily they did. They got they, they won that game, and that was mostly on on Hill's performance. But uh, they carried that last stretch into tonight's game. And honestly, like, this should have been more of a blowout than it really was. Uh, um I mean, I just spoke about Brent Burns. Like he made a great heads-up play to give uh, Conquiato that that easy tipping goal. But um, if it wasn't for that, we'd be talking three three zero four zero at this point. <laughs> yeah, and, and they stayed with it. You know, that's the thing. They they looked while they looked a little out of it or slow. They they stayed with it, and, and uh, after twenty minutes, it was tied up at one. Uh, then the second period, you know, we, we saw a fight with uh, Gajevich and Lowry. Lowry was having issues with uh, Hataka or Hataka, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was like it was getting out of hand and they were taking liberties here. Uh, we saw that Lane Peterson didn't return to this game and that kind of put a little bit of a crunch in yeah in, into the lineup, uh, you know. He didn't, he didn't play in the third period, right? No, he didn't play in the third period. He got yeah. hit after he uh, bounced the puck off and uh, as he was trying to clear it out, and then he took a shot from Stanley. Stanley was running around. I mean, the, the Jets, I mean, let's be honest, the Jets game, they're, they're, they're making sure that they're finishing their checks this season, um, to be honest I mean, here. When Patterson went off, like, it was the Sharks down another forward, and you can tell they just the Sharks could not sustain any offensive pressure. Um, just kind of taking a quick look at the shots in the second period, the Sharks had only eight shots. Uh, it felt like Winnipeg had way more than just thirteen, but yeah, uh, they sustained the play a lot more. And once Patterson went off, and we're not talking like anyone that's substantial or anything we're just talking about a depth forward but once he went off uh, it was clear that you know 
Winnipeg was going to have this game going for, and they scored two quick ones. Yeah, they get two goals in a matter of five minutes at near the end of the period. Schmidt off the draw from Morrissey and Wheeler. That made it 2-1. And then you had Hawkins get a late goal uh, from Lowry and Copped at, at 19-16 to make it 3-1. So those two big goals, and, and let's be honest here, coupled with some blind officiating here, uh, we tweeted it out on the on the Teal Town USA uh, Twitter, which we always do, some questionable non-calls. Uh, but the other one that I found was that the the Merkley, the Ryan Merkley and the um, uh, Toninato scuffle, they went, you know, it is Thursday night. You know, it used to be where, when SmackDown was on. So, you know, I will take you down next week, brother. Uh, but one of the things is, is that you see one of the officials saying, okay, that's enough. And then he kicks the back of of Ryan Merkley. What in the world are you doing, bro? Yeah, I mean, it was really out of place. Um I didn't think he like with force kicked no, him. It was more just not. like a it was more of a tap a get up um plays over, but um if it was like a legitimate like with force to, to the head, like we'd be talking a lot more about it. Um when it comes to officiating especially in the regular season, uh, for a game that's in early November, I don't honestly think it impacts the game too much. Um, I just don't think the Sharks put themselves in a great opportunity tonight to get those chances, to get those 50-50 plays. Um, so as much as people want to say the Brian Berkeley thing, like honestly, I, the way I look at it is it's just two players going going at it and both being a little bit stubborn and one <laughs> slashing each and both of them slashing each other. And I thought instead of giving one penalty to another team and having having them, I, I just think it was a better call to just lay off of it. Yeah, they each both got roughing calls before Winnipeg took it over. But the other one, too, that I, I was interested in was that Dubois holds up Berkeley's stick, then pushes him down. And then as they're pushing each other, as Merkley's trying to grab Dubois' stick, was like, well, you're taking my stick, I'll take yours. Then he free willingly just swings his stick around and gets Merkley right on the knee. And I'm like, come on, yeah. people. I mean, I'm not going to complain about officiating, but my God, come on. This is ridiculous that they're that much of an angel. And, I, and our good friend Chester Tivo, can a team collectively win the Lady Bing asking for the Jets? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the officiating wasn't as bad as it, as the classic Angel Hernandez of MLB. <laughs> oh, so let let, let you went let's, there. Um, Damn. Let, let let let's just hold it off for a second. I mean, yeah, there were questionable calls here, but there's always going to be questionable calls even in the best best of games. So. I didn't really see much of an issue with how the game was officiated. I think it was just more or less uh, keeping both teams from from spiraling it out. Yeah. All right. So we do have some comments coming in, and this one's a very interesting one uh, coming out from Merkley and uh, AJ. Make sure, can you give us a clear about uh, if that was Ryan or Nick Merkley? Uh, because uh, I'm more comfortable, oh confident each game. It's been an unexpected surprise. Got six big games 
and going to Abbotsford tomorrow. Uh, Abbotsford is where the San Jose Barracuda will be playing uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, like we were saying earlier, Al, it's six games, it's six regular season games of experience, which is nice to have. Um, and, and hopefully just it helps improve prove it uh, a little bit more and give them confidence down the road. What would you say about Ryan Merkley's, you know, time here? Uh, I think he's made a really convincing case to keep him up. Um, and I don't want him to be the next Sharks seventh D line or seventh player you scratch. Uh, if you're going to keep him up, keep him up with give, give him some actual playing, playing time. Um, you know, there's plenty of forward or plenty of defensemen that I would probably send down, like uh, Hataga, Magna, Malosh. Um, sorry if I'm butchering those names, but um, <laughs> I, I would definitely target those three when we actually get a full unit back. Um, but the concern about Ryan Merkley wasn't for me about him. It was more about how he could fit. Uh, for the rest of the team because, you know, Ryan Merkley has, is the typical offensive defenseman with you're going to need to pair him with another s- strong defensive guy. And, like, of course, we have Brent Burns, Eric Carlson already. So um, if that's the direction you're going to go, is the defense going to suffer is the main thing with Ryan Merkley. And I don't think it has. But um, during the stretch, like, they've, He's played against New Jersey. Um, what was it? Carol, Carolina. Uh, we could just go through the stretch, and I, you can just kind of tell that, uh, honestly, like the defense has played pretty well, but also like they've also been backed up by good goaltending performances by Hill and Reimer. Yeah, and, and you, you talk about it tonight, even though it was in a losing effort, you know, 30 saves on the night for Reimer. Uh, 909 save percentage. Uh, the goaltending has ha- is, you know, outside that one game I think against St. Louis. The goaltending has not been an issue here with the Sharks. Uh, you could say it's been a myriad of things here and there, but I mean, just some things didn't click. But I mean, the, this team has has shown that it, it can play with the big guys i mean you look at winnipeg you you look at calgary i mean that was a big win against the flames on tuesday night you, you look at uh, their opponents that they've played they play them very hard yeah they didn't beat the bruins but they play them fairly well especially late in the third period so i i, I i'm pleased with how this team has come together uh and with the guys and the guys, uh, you know, coming back, you know, and, and here's the other thing with the with the guys that are coming back, Al. Are they going to be ready? You know, that's the big thing with with the COVID, uh, is that are they going to be ready to go from game one, or are they going to need to get their lungs going again? And especially your next game is in Denver, where your lungs are already going to be burning, uh, pretty badly. <laughs> I mean, like, the good thing is, is that the Sharks kind of caught a uh, break here with Colorado because uh, 
Nathan McKinnon is going to be out for the next three to four weeks with a classic lower body injury. Um, Colorado has kind of been an early disappointment this season. Um, I know they're going to probably bounce back, but if they don't bounce back, Harley, those that's another team that you would kind of keep a head coach potentially on the hook for uh, just to see if they can kickstart their season. But like that team is still loaded um, and should be pretty good because um, this is their time. If anyone is a fan of cap friendly, they know <laughs> the fact that uh, Nathan McKinnon's contract is about five, six. I think I heard it was like 6.2 million. Okay, 6.2 <laughs> million um, for a guy that um, is a top line center and yeah. is a heart candidate every year for the next two years. So, yeah, um, that you talk like, about a great deal. <laughs> like, I want to say that like, the, the, if Colorado does not get it done for the next two years, it's kind of over for them. Like, not over, over, but like, this is their chance. So, so Al, you're you're basically saying the Sharks will go after him in two years. Is that is that what you're getting at, Al? <laughs> I wish we had the cap work, but <laughs> but the longer point is is that Colorado, um, if this was the time to face Colorado, it is now. Um, and sure, Timo, Eric Carlson, everyone, the rest of the team that's been off for the no, they're going to need some games, but. Um, you know, it, it's I would rather see Colorado right now than any other team right now. Yeah. And that being said, I have the game on right now and Colorado's leading six one on Vancouver in the no. third period here. So uh, let them get their goal scoring out of the way here. I mean, that's the Sharks next opponent there. But uh, on this night. You know, three uh, way when the, the Sharks lose. To the Winnipeg Jets, they're now seven five and one on the campaign. Uh, so let's uh, let's continue with some of the comments we got in the uh, locker room here. John McLean, not James McLean, as we apparently saw. We had m- chances we weren't able to bury. They got power plays we didn't. Just didn't go our way tonight. Sometimes on the road in loud buildings, you don't get the calls. Hmm. I wonder what he could be mean by that. Hmm. Uh, w- we were in it the whole way. Uh, a couple of bad reads let it go into the other way. Didn't get a power play, but our kill was good. And and that's the other thing, yeah. you know, Al. Uh, in the last six games, uh, let me get the stats up here if I can. Maybe, maybe not. Thank you. We, we do. I'll, before, while you're doing that, I mean, like the penalty kill has still been consistent. It's still number two. Last time we've kind of before, even it was it was still number two before the game started. Right. Um, and it's kind of returned to form from previous seasons. Um, although I will say that the power play has kind of returned to form from previous seasons also. Um, it's, I think this is now the fourth game in a row where the power play hasn't, you know, scored a goal. So they didn't get a chance tonight to do it. I mean, but yeah, I know, but I I know that's cherry picking, but, but, uh, (laughs) I don't even, I, I just, hopefully the power play picks up sooner or later, but it wasn't looking good against Calgary. It wasn't looking good against uh, New Jersey. Um, um, that That's just one thing to keep an eye out going forward. No, you're right. 
Uh, and it's pulling up the stat now. They are now 15 of 15 in their last six games on the penalty kill. So getting back to where they were a couple of seasons ago with the, as the number one penalty kill in the league. Uh, granted, you lost Barkley Goodrow during that time, but kudos to them turning it around and playing hard against on a solid defense. Yeah, I mean, I know Reimer's save percentage is going to take a hit tonight, but like, it wasn't a bad night for him. Um, and I just wish the Sharks were more consistent on offense, but like, again, losing Patterson halfway through the second period, already down seven four seven Sharks. Um, I thought this was a okay effort for all things considered. Um, you're still coming out with three wins with this COVID stretch and probably not the only COVID stretch we're going to go through this season. Um, considering all things, yeah. knock on, knock on wood, uh, but I mean, like you look at Ottawa now, Ottawa has eight players out, uh, with this, with this stretch going on for, for the senators. So, uh, we'll talk about them as we get into the wraparound, but, uh, you know, Continuing on with the comments here they, uh, from Gadjevich tonight. Uh, they had a couple runs at us. I wanted to try to get us going, spark us a bit, just trying to do whatever I can. That's one guy who who I think is going to stay up. I don't think he's going to um, is going to go go to the CUDA per se because I I th- mainly because one Jeffrey VL is still not available, but I also I think they need a guy that's going to be a bump and bruiser. Uh, down the road, especially until Middleton gets back. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind him. Um, also, um, did you say Balsters or Pedersen? For no, I'm saying Gadjevich uh, might be be a good thumper to have until you know Middleton gets back. Yeah, I mean, I'm more concerned about what they're going to do with uh, Balsters because like, I've really liked his game for the last two or three games, but. Um, where does he fit, uh, especially with LeBanc coming back? Uh, where, how does the line chemistry if, come back to it? Because, uh, you know, LeBanc is going to be on your left or right. Um, is Benino now going to shift back to his third or fourth line? Um, and how are they going to, and are they going to make Hartle back up to the first and two lines? Because for the past, for this past little stretch, they've kind of made Hurdle uh, more of a depth center just because they needed the offensive punch. Right. And so, and like AJ's saying, maybe you take Benino and Weatherby at, at center on the third and fourth lines once everybody is back. I mean, yeah. Th- again, it depends on who's going to be in, in the uh, back in the lineup and ready to go against Colorado on Saturday night. So. So we'll see how it goes. You know, Ricky Martin Slager is saying, I'd take him over Pedersen at wing, but Pedersen, or Pedersen, Peterson, excuse me, to me yeah. at center. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. See, that's what happens when you have the other game going on back here because you see Pedersen. Uh, my bad, folks. Uh, but Peterson, to me, at center has done a lot of little things really well. His own exits, entry shots, way up at center. So we'll see what how it goes. Uh, and, and again, this is all going to be interesting to see. The team is flying down to Colorado tonight. Bob Buchner and the seven 
players who were out with COVID are going to Colorado tonight, if not already there. Uh, they will practice tomorrow, and we'll see how everything goes, and we'll go from there. Uh, but definitely, no matter what, there's definitely going to be a, a new lineup <laughs> in some form on Saturday night when this team takes on the Avalanche. Yeah, um, tonight was Reimer, and it wouldn't surprise me if Hill gets the start on Saturday night, um, which he definitely deserves it, especially against Calgary. Um, this, um, if you had any concerns about Hill, I think they were pretty much put to rest against the Flames. But, um, yeah, it should be an interesting game for less. Yeah. Uh, that game will be Saturday night at 6 p.m. in Denver. Uh, we'll be on, of course, after the game to break it all down with you. One more quote from uh, John McLean. I'm pleased with the total effort during this all of this COVID protocol. Uh, they put effort in. Everyone got good opportunities. Fear or not, they learned trial by fire. Uh, <laughs> trial by fire. I mean, that's, uh, that's, not, that's not, a, not, not kidding on that one. And, and let's be honest, too. Um, you know, it was trial by fire, especially that first game. So. So we'll see. Uh, the players and Boogner flew out to Denver this afternoon, so they're already in Colorado uh, tonight. Uh, they'll be waiting for the guys to get there, and we'll see what happens now. So, Yeah, I mean, like, I would say the, we've kind of talked at length about the Sharks' defense, but um, I'm more concerned about what, they're, what the Sharks are going to look like under Bob Boogner now because um, – you know, six games is not really a large sample size, but I've kind of liked um, John McClanahan. John McClanahan. I want to say John McClain so much, <laughs> but I've kind of liked the way the Sharks have kind of looked these past games. And if the Sharks kind of get off to a rough start, um, I didn't, bear in mind, the next five games are kind of rough. We're talking like... Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, Washington, Carolina. That is a pretty rough stretch. But if they're if they get off, you know, if it starts to extend further than that and they just get outplayed for most of those games, um, I wonder if there might be a locker room, you know, dual coach thing that happened against Montreal that happened for Montreal in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're getting at uh, because you, you wonder if the chemistry is going to be far off. And and this is the other thing, too, is <laughs> the, the other thing with it, 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 again, you're playing, you're playing, you know, in Colorado, high altitude. Uh, so we'll see what happens there, you know. Uh, now, granted, I, I think Boogner has been on, like, the speakerphone, I think. McLean said speakerphone one time uh, during this run and that, that he's kind of been watching it and such. Uh, and, and in fact, even when uh, Bugner spoke with the media the other day, uh, his family or his, his parents were in town and, uh, and he, he went to a hotel room. So to let them get out of town and head back home uh, just to keep isolating from everybody. So they weren't in a way. So again, it'll be interesting to see, but um, you know, I mean, he it's he can still do that, and, and I think that's great that he's doing that. But there's just being in the locker room and knowing how it is on ice is far different than just watching it on TV. True, 
true. I mean, it's kind of being the eye in the sky, per se, uh, while you know, while Madden yeah. and Ricci and and McLean are are behind the bench there. So that puts a bow on this one. Three one the final. Uh, the Sharks lose to the Winnipeg Jets. They head to uh, Colorado right now. It'll be interesting how this one turns out. So. Uh, we'll give you a quick uh, wrap around on this one. Colorado is uh, annihilating the Canucks, and they just scored again. So it is now 7-1 Colorado late in the third period there. Uh, the Golden Knights are up 2-0 on Minnesota. The Kraken are losing to the Ducks 2-1. Uh, the Oilers uh, beat the Bruins 5-3. Uh, pretty much the only the only team losing besides the Sharks in the Pacific Division tonight. Calgary loses to Montreal four to two in that one. Uh, Kings shut out the Sens two nothing. The Islanders get shut out by the Devils four to nothing. The Devils uh, off to a nice start. Uh, Penguins uh, give the Panthers their second shootout loss of the season three to two. The Capitals uh, shut out the Red Wings 2-0. Orlov and Eller, the game winner in that one. Fukali with the shout-out there. The Blues lose in overtime thanks to Matt Duchesne's two goals. 4-3 uh, in that one for the Nashville Predators uh, winning that one. And, of course, the Sharks lose to the Jets 4-1 uh, with the empty netter. Whoops, 4-1. Oh, boy. So that will do it for us down in case you missed anything or do you want to watch this again check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcast whether it's apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube soundcloud spotify tune in iheart radio and of course always available at tealtownusa.com so uh, a rough one for the sharks they go three two and one with the shark akuda uh, in there, we'll see who is available for the Sharks on Saturday night. That's a 6 p.m. start against the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. So with that, we will wrap things up. Al, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate you. Uh, hey. Again, like I said off the air, nice uh, nice quarters of hoodie. Really like it. Yep. Very um, nice. <laughs> Uh, always great to talk to you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at AlMartinay. I'm always talking hockey. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Saturday against Colorado. Yep, it'll be a good one. As for us, we'll see you following that game. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. We thank you very much for watching us. The conversation now continues on the Discord, so jump on over there. And until Saturday night, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you Saturday, Falling Sharks and Avalanche.